So time travel. Let's talk about time travel. This is um, uh, probably the thing about Hest that when most people see it for the first time, it's the thing that is the most exciting or the most interesting. And it's certainly something that I am very excited about as a person who gets to play with Hest and who gets to build it out as prototypes. It's the thing that I have the most fun playing with, or one of the things I have the most fun playing with. There's some other cool stuff. But the way that it works, so I've, you know, I've spent two episodes now talking about this podcast and what Hest is and why I'm doing it and that sort of thing. And I, uh, I realized that, you know, I'm talking about a visual programming environment and this is an audio medium. So I'm going to have to uh, do a, a particularly good job of explaining what things look like just through, you know, the beautiful sound of language, spoken language. Um, and it's going to be hard and uh, I'm going to do my best and it's not a perfect fit, but this is, you know, like I said, podcasts are the medium that I, I love the best for, for a lot of different kinds of communication. And so I'm going to take a crack at it in Hest. The most fundamental idea of the programming is that the, the programming and the graphics are based on the same foundational elements they're based on the same fundamental principles and so far those principles are as follows you have points which are just a point in space it's you know in in 3d space it's an x y and a z coordinate and they aren't much more than that they're just uh they're just a location in space and they can be depicted by you know you have your drawing canvas and you can just have a little dot on the canvas somewhere and you can select that dot and move it around the way that those dots are rendered is totally arbitrary nothing to do with the programming model but important to the graphics model that uh, you might want to be able to draw those points in a certain way so that the result of looking at something you create in Hest has a certain appearance to it. Because part of being a, a tool intended for making games and interactive graphics and that sort of thing is that it's not just, you know, like the code that you make isn't just something that you see behind the scenes and then the person who is using your program sees something different. In Hest, the code that you are seeing is existing in the same space as the output of your code that the graphics that you are making your game with or the user interface that you are building for your program lives in the same space as the programming constructs that power it and you as an author of content in hest will have control and do have control over what things are visible when you are concerned with editing a program as opposed to running and using a program, but they aren't separate worlds. They're the same world. So well, it might be that um, in a 3D program, the way that your vertices and your edges and your faces look in the editor is different from the way they look in the renderer. There is some overlap between those two things in that if you have a cube in a 3D editor, uh, the edges of that cube are going to be visible in the renderer that there's there's no getting around that a cube has edges where its edges are and and when you're working with very complex 3d scenes you might want to hide the edges you know if you're making a, a cylinder or a sphere or something that's meant to be round you want your edges to be very small and you want to use smooth shading and to sort of hide their existence um, but at the end of the day if you're working with 
a polygon based renderer, um, you're going to have some edges in there and you'll see those edges when you're working in the viewport and, and, and those edges will be affected somehow in the rendering. And so in Hast, you have points as your most fundamental primitive. They represent position, but they also may represent things to the user of your software. They may represent like this point might be a button that somebody clicks on, or it might be part of a larger graphic. And so how do you make points into a larger graphic? Same way you do it in vectors and in 3D, you have edges that connect the points. And so the, those and those two primitives are the two fundamental graphics primitives, points and edges. And and everything you build up is 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 built up in terms of those things. And if you go back to sacred geometry points and lines connecting them and then maybe you know um uh, circles around those points which are just you know another way of of uh talking about a point is it's a point and a distance from the point defines a circle um implicitly those are those are your primitives and so in hast we have we have points and lines those are the two graphics primitives and they're also the two programming primitives because in programming you have two kind of fundamental things that you're working with to quote Rich Hickey on a panel discussion, I think back in 2011, maybe at the Emerging Languages Workshop, if I'm remembering this correctly, uh, the panel was asked, hey, what new innovations are you excited about that are coming to programming recently or in the next couple of years? You know, everybody gives their answer like, oh, I'm very excited about coroutines or whatever, whatever, whatever. And Rich Hickey, you know, in classic style just says, functions and data and then you know drops the mic and and that's that's the programming primitives in hast um points and lines are data and functions effectively so how does that work uh points being data are you know a, a point doesn't just have a position in space um which is a requirement for things in hast everything needs to have a position in space there's no such thing as a uh, a concept in Hest that is not spatially rooted, and I will get more into that later. Uh, points can also have a way that they're presented, or or sort of metadata about them, or annotations attached to them, or or things that they they represent. And so that can be on the graphical side that a point might be drawn as a circle, or it might be drawn as a little tiny, you know, two pixel by two pixel box, or something like that. But in the programming sense, it can be that a point contains a value. So a point could contain a number or a string or a Boolean or something like that. It could contain a structure of data. It could contain other things that you can think of as data. Um, I'm sort of, I'm wiggling my lisp eyebrows at this point, you know, uh, what other things can be data? Uh, we will get to that. Um, so points are data and edges in Hest, which in a graphical sense, connect points together and allow you to build up whatever artwork you want. Connect your data points together and allow you to build up whatever code you want. And the way that that works is that the edges don't represent the functions in and of themselves. The points actually are also functions. Um, a point might have some behavior that it is going to perform and that you specify, you as the author of the Hest code, and the edges represent function invocation or function evaluation or function execution. And this is where the functional programmers in the audience are going to rip out their hair and say, no, 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 no. And I will say, <laughs> too bad. Uh, it has being a spatially oriented language where everything has a position in space and that is a requirement. It also means that the only way that execution happens is with an explicit notion of time and that 
there's no pretending that things that are happening in Hest are an encoding of something in pure mathematics where time is distilled out of the picture in most cases. It is explicitly in Hest that things change over time and that things start off one way and they end off a different way. And you as the author of the Hest program are you're creating the conditions under which those changes will happen. And you're creating the machinery that will propel those changes through time. That That's absolutely essential. And so edges in Hest, um, points can travel along them. And so if you have an edge that doesn't have to be a straight line, it can be a curve, it can be any any sort of shape that a line that you draw with a pencil can take or a spline that you pull out through 3D space, uh, a point will move along that edge from one end to the other. And so there's also some directionality to it. Edges are not necessarily symmetric. There is, you know, a notion that as time moves forwards, things move from one side to another of an edge. And that edge does something that I call conveyance. I call them conveyors in that you might have an edge between two points And then a third point that travels from one point on one side to the other point on the other side. You know, that's confusing. Let me let me try a different way of doing that. This is going to be the challenge because talking about visual programming in an audio medium, I'm going to need some kind of short buzzword or sound effect that I can drop in whenever that happens because, goddamn, that's going to be tricky. So in Hest, you might have a data point. And you might have an edge along which that data point travels. So you can almost think of it like uh, like a kid going down a water slide, right? You've got this water slide that twists around and and turns and goes up and down and back and forth and, and hopefully not any loop-de-loops. Um, and a kid comes on at the top of the water slide and they start sliding down the water slide. And eventually, hopefully, if all goes well, they will get spit out at the bottom of the water slide. And in Hest, that's how code executes. You have a data point that starts on one side of an edge, and it travels along that edge, along whatever path that edge lays out, and it arrives at the other end. And at the other end of that edge will be another point that is connected to that edge in a very intrinsic way, that that is the vertice on which that edge is anchored. And that destination point will describe the change that the point traveling along the edge needs to undergo when it arrives there. So it's almost like if you had a water slide and at the very end of the water slide, the last thing that the little kid going down the water slide moves through is um, uh, some kind of a giant paintbrush and the paintbrush is red. And so the kid jumps on at the top of the water slide, they slide down the water slide, they come up the other side and the last thing that happens is bam, they are painted red. And now they are not just a kid, they are a red kid. And that red kid might immediately get onto another water slide and start sliding away along down to another end of the water slide. And at the end of that water slide is a buzzsaw. Nope, that's too morbid. It would be, let's say, a blue paintbrush. So now that red kid slid down the second water slide. And when they get to the end, boom, now they are painted blue. That's how programming works in Hest. It's um, and, and in fact, that is how programming works in all languages, is that you have some data somewhere, whether it's 
you know, in a, in a procedural language, you put it in some kind of a variable and then you either send it messages or you run methods from its class or you pass it into a function and that function returns some other kind of data. But you have this sort of this arrangement of the data undergoing transformations, whether it's being transformed or whether it is, you know. Um, inspiring the creation of new transformed data, you have this succession of events that occur that produce some kind of a, a different result than what you started with. So in Hest, that is arranged in space, and it's also arranged in time. That kid sliding down the water slide does not go from one end to the other instantaneously. It takes them some amount of time to get from the top of the water slide to the bottom of the water slide. And then it takes them some time to travel down the next water slide after that, where they go from being red to blue. And that is the thing that sort of drives all the other decisions about Hest's programming model. Everything that you want to do in your code should not happen, quote unquote, as fast as possible as it does in most text-based programming languages, where when you multiply a number by two, you want that multiplication to happen as fast as possible. So let's push as much of that work as possible down onto the CPU. Let's have highly optimized instructions and bake things into bytecode and, and make that all happen super fast because we want the code to be instantaneous. That is not the case in Hest. In Hest, the programming model depends on the fact that things are not instantaneous, that things are laid out in a timeline where you as the author of the Hest program are expected to control what things happen in what order and sort of relative to one another, how quickly or how slowly. And the reason for that is it's sort of convoluted, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up to text programming, and I'm going to work my way back to here. 